I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The numbers told the story they always do. It's one of those idiots who believe in analytics. This is a numbers game with Gil Alexander on VSIN. No Gil Alexander today. I'm Jonathan Von Tobel filling in for Gil. I'll be back here tomorrow as well. Gil returns from vacation on Monday. We do have a good hour on tap. Joe Sheehan's going to join us, talk a little Major League Baseball. We got a lot of good storylines coming out of MLB. Um, over the last couple of days, last couple of weeks, Cardinals continue to flame out. We'll talk about that and much more. And of course, Daniel Alvari, WNBA season is underway. A lot of good betting topics to discuss in the Women's National Basketball Association, including. She has dubbed them the baby fever, but they continue to cover games in a very competitive Indiana fever thought to be one of the worst teams in the WNBA actually showing out almost every single night. But we begin with the, uh, the NBA because the NBA draft is upon us. We are one week away from the draft. Now we do know Victor Wembanyama is going to be the first overall pick. You got 20 K laying around, go win yourself a free hundred bucks, go invest in Victor Wembanyama to be the first overall selection. Again, it's going to be it. We always say, He's going to get abducted by aliens. It doesn't matter. They will draft him on the off chance the aliens decide to return him for whatever reason. So he's going to be it. <laughs> I still like the, what was the the quote from a source at the Combine of an NBA front office uh, source of, he could come in with a torn ACL and we'd still sign him to a second contract on day one if we could. Yep. No. That's Somebody asked me that the other day. Like, hey, if he gets injured during these playoffs that he's playing in, is it, no, I'm like, nope, nope. Doesn't, doesn't matter. matter. No. Okay, especially at this point, too. They're so young. It, like, of course. Like, actually, you know what? Repair the ACL because yep. we're going to be, you can sit, you're going to be fine. By the way, speaking of Wembanyama, we did get news. Sad news. Did you see this? What? His team lost? No. No summer league, it looks like. Oh, no. Are you yeah, serious? I was talking I to Mitch. Not see that. Yeah, I was talking to Mitch Moss about this the other day. I'm not shocked, but. But I'm sad. Like, yeah. one of the things is I was going to try. I, gotta, I, I think we're going to be out there. I'm not entirely sure. I haven't heard any confirmation. Maybe I'm not one of them, but I'll, I'll get my way in there. I've got connections. And I was excited. I was going to watch it. And then it sounds like maybe no summer. Oh, you'll be there. You'll no, be there. I can't wait. I can't wait. All right. Either way. So, when we now, it's done. We're done. We don't have to do it. Move on. First overall pick. The intrigue, of course, starts at two. Now, this is where it gets pretty fascinating because let's tie this back to last year. Not until the day of did we know that Paolo Bancaro was going to be the first overall pick by the Orlando Magic. We have heard nothing out of Charlotte that indicates anything but Brandon Miller being the second overall pick. And we haven't heard any outright um, reports. Everything you hear is, everything I hear is that Charlotte likes Brandon Miller. You know, you had the, what was the, uh, we had a news story, Kelly, that you mentioned the other day. It was that Scoot Henderson had went to Charlotte, essentially wowed them in the workout. And then the odds moved to Brandon Miller's favor, <laughs> right, <laughs> right, even yeah, after yeah. the yep. workout. So like nothing is really telling us 
that Scoot Henderson is going to be the second overall pick. And I feel very confident it's one of the two. I don't think Amen Thompson, who we'll talk about momentarily, is moving up at all to get in there. I think the other one that's weird, and look, this this gets a little, like, these are really interesting to talk about. We're going to talk about, we're going to record a podcast later with Luke Swain to talk NBA draft, you and I are. At Vegas Refund on Twitter, right? That's right. We're going to get into all this. He was on Follow the Money yesterday. Great draft better. Uh, We're going to get into all this. You and I do have bets in already on these on these uh, first few picks, but man, like the second pick, like you said, we really haven't heard anything but it looking like it's going to be Brandon Miller. I think the other one that's important to bring up is the think of the most recent report that we got what a day ago, a day and a half ago of what was it? The Pelicans interested in moving up to two or three. Everybody wants to connect right. to three because we think that Portland would be more willing to trade that pick. But, okay, the report was two or three. Yet, when that came out, these odds, Brandon Miller has just become more of a more of a favorite to go number two. Right. And reminder, the Pelicans' whole thing is that they're interested in Scoot Anderson. Yep. So, I, I don't I, I don't I don't I don't know if I would bet it at this point at this number just in case JVT but man it's sure looking like it's going to be him number 2. You talk betting Marion Miller minus 250 yeah, yeah. yeah. I, and I like that's the thing if you this is informationally based and I would say every bit of information ties Miller here. And if that's the case, then minus 250, as we've talked about before in draft betting. You know, I know people balk at certain prices. It shouldn't be the case. It should be if you have value, whether or not, you know, the prices regard. Like, if you have value in a price, you bet it. And I would think, given the information, that there's value minus 250 because it seems that's going to be the case. To your point, though, it's a really good point to say we're just assuming that it's number three because Portland does have the motivation to make the deal. Right. They, they have the third overall pick. They want to add talent to their team. They feel like they have a championship window. All of those things come together to make that possible. So well, go if, ahead. if I was going to make a bet right on based off of the Brandon Miller, Scoot Henderson or where it's going, it would be Scoot number yes. three. Yep. Right. And that's where we're seeing minus one eighty five. That's why I wrote that yesterday. Yeah. So in the, in the column I wrote up yesterday, that's there were two bets to make coming out of all that news. It was Henderson minus one eighty five to go third overall, and it was a small play on Portland to win the, the NBA finals at one hundred and twenty five to one. Because those two things, if this happens like we like like some of the rumblings are, then those two things would be tied at the hip. Because yep. if they trade up there and here's the thing too, Kelly. If they trade to number three, there's obviously well, universal. And there's a third one you get out of there. Dave back to the Blazers at minus 200. Yeah, if, add a third they're one. all correlated. Yep, they're all correlated together. Um, and there's a universe in which New Orleans moves up to number three. But I don't think the problem, like, I'll put it this way. I feel like if New Orleans is moving up to three, they've got a pretty good idea that Brandon Miller's going to. Right. So if that happens, I think these prices are going to skyrocket on both of these guys. Like oh, Brandon yeah, Miller yeah. is going to go well over $4. And, of course, Scoot Henderson well over that price, too. Might even be higher. If, but if I for, don't think the Pelicans are making that move unless they know that Henderson's going to be there. If for some reason that trade comes before draft night, mm-hmm. yes, run, run to bet this is what I would say, right? Yep. That is well, r- before they get adjusted because they will be wildly adjusted. And that's a great point, too. Again, league year starts after the draft. So we're going to see like the, the whole thing where you know players get drafted, they put on the hats of teams they're never going to play for. We, we see it all the time. There's, Portland's probably going to draft Scoot Henderson. Right. Like more than likely, no matter what's going to happen, Portland's going to call Scoot Henderson's aim. He's going to wear a Portland cap. And, and the it, rights to him will yes, be traded. Yes. Exactly. So we'll see if that's the case. So that's our top three. I, I think that these are accurately priced. Where it gets really interesting is four and five, obviously. Very quietly, for those who haven't really been keeping track of what's been happening around this. Amen Thompson, I see this is what I hate, Kelly. I hate the term has been sliding 
because it indicates that a guy like Amon Thompson is somehow, when he's being evaluated, getting worse. I think what it really is is that we as a collective are getting more information and realizing that Amon Thompson is not this lock prospect that everybody initially thought he was when these draft odds were set. A prime example, for those who don't know, Amon Thompson and his matchup with his brother Asar was at one point minus 700 to go ahead of him. He's down to minus 220. Because, again, the gap between these two really isn't as big as the initial thought was. Amen is a more popular name, but in terms of their game, they're quite comparable. But I want us to focus in on the second one. So one of the things that you and I discussed, and we had Raphael Barlow on the big board, what, about a month ago? Yeah. We talked about Cam Whitmore. Cam Whitmore is like the riser in this draft. Cam Whitmore, by all accounts, is locked into being a top five pick, which is why, too, I we talk about information. Cam Whitmore minus 350, under five and a half. I, I will talk to about this later uh, with Luke Swain, but I still think given minus 350, given all the information out there, that he's a lock to be a, a top five pick. The question now is, as we talked with Barlow, he thought five was like, yeah. oh, he's going at five. And I he, might go, that. he might go yeah. four. It, it, but what's really fascinating about this draft, Houston is also another intriguing team because Houston, we don't know what they're going to do with if they're going to land Harden. We don't know what their plans are. By all accounts, the Rockets are a team that are actually looking to accelerate their timeline. They were talking about teams like guys like Austin Reeves, Brooke Lopez. These are the names that have been tied to the Rockets in terms of free agency and acquisitions in the offseason. Middleton? Yeah, Chris Middleton. So the fourth overall pick could actually be up for grabs, and that could change everything with this draft. But it ties into Whitmore, and I would say, I I think the takeaway – would you actually balk at laying 350 with Whitmore to be under five and a half? Because I, I think that's the way to go. That's, I actually think that's cheap. I actually think – I do think that's the way to go. Uh, like, the, yes, it's – hey, that's a bankroll, you know, question. Can you – are you willing to lay that kind of price? I think that's the bet, though. I'm with you uh, completely. I don't know if – at this point – like, I have a bet on him to go number five. Mm-hmm. I, at this point, I don't know if I'd gamble on trying to figure out if he's going to go number four or number five. Because to your point, he's been the guy – who's been kind of steadily rising. Now, just personally, you know, I don't know if you know this, JVT, but I'm not a professional uh, basketball coach, scout, or anything. But the uh, the, video, the video work I've done on a men Thompson, I've been, I'm falling more in love with this kid, watching this kid's game, man. Like, I, So the, 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 the question, I think, with Houston is, okay, if they – you're right, that's a big storyline. Are they going to add some of these vets – and try, I don't, turn into a win-now team. Right. Like, and can I specify yeah. really quickly, because I'm in Thompson, when you've watched him, he is going to be a lead guard. Yes. He's going to be a guard. And so if you're going to go get James Harden, you already have Jalen Green, and you're going to have Kevin Porter on the roster, it just doesn't make sense. Right. Um, so the question is, if they are maybe willing to move that pick, again, we've heard other teams, there are, one of the things we have heard a lot of reports on are there are multiple teams that are reportedly interested in moving up, right? We've heard mm-hmm. the Magic, we've heard the Pacers, we've heard, uh, man, there was one one team even further back, obviously, but obviously the Pelicans we talked about already. There's been a lot of reports about these teams seemingly eager to move up, um, but the question is, after what players and at what point are they not interested anymore? But I think if Houston ends up wanting to go more the veteran route, then it becomes best player on the board remaining what team wants to go get him in my yep. opinion but if you're talking to guard like and and a leap I mean he's going to be a point guard men Thompson like the magic make a lot of sense to me trying to go up and get him and that's only a couple picks they got to move up 
Yeah, this is – and the tough part about, like, now that this buildup is, and this is why you really got to pay attention throughout the lead-up, is so much has moved over the last few months as these have been. For example, so Asar Thompson is also – I think you consider him a riser. At one point, Jarris Walker out of Houston in their matchup was a minus 250 favorite to go before Asar Thompson. Asar Thompson is now minus 150 over Jarris yeah. Walker. Like it's it, like Walker's one of those guys. He seemed to be a lock for the top five. If you just looked at the market initially. Now make the case that minus uh, one ninety and over six and a half would be the way to go for a guy like Walker. All right, we got plenty of to you. Remember later today uh, we're going to be recording Harbin Handicapper. It's going to be a great episode. Lucas Wayne's going to be with us. That Vegas refund to get into this in the nitty and the gritty. When we come back though, let's talk uh, a little bit more about what we have in store for us. How about Major League Baseball? Joe Sheehan, the Joe Sheehan Baseball Newsletter is going to join us. We have a lot to discuss in MLB on the other side. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. A numbers game on VSIN, the sports betting network. A lot of neato stuff up on the website if you're a pro subscriber. How about our picks at a glance page? You can easily sort through picks from hosts and guests. You can also check out our top VEASAN experts leaderboard, which, of course, indicates which play, uh, which bettors and hosts and guests are performing at their peak when it comes to selecting winners. Introductory offer for those who are not subscribers at $9.99. Check it out now, vcin.com slash subscribe. Remember, the picks page, just one of many ways vcin's here trying to help. Check out that and all the tools we have to offer up at the website at vcin.com. Also, up on the website, a lot of great information in terms of write-ups as well. Headline story for the day. Kelly, what do you, you think the headline story is over at vcin.com? Uh, U.S. Open. Yep. Wes Reynolds breaks it all down. Yep. U.S. Open best bets. Check it all out. Boom. Still some matchups that are up for guys that aren't out of the course yet. We do have some guys that are playing right now. Of course, we are underway. Uh, ever since Tommy Fleetwood's first tee shot went into a bunker, I have not checked. So that's out of fear. It's out of fear. Okay. Okay. So I, 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 won't, go, I won't go check, uh, even though he's not my only golfer. 
uh, that I have. All right, let's welcome in our next guest, Joe Sheehan, the Joe Sheehan Baseball Newsletter, at Joe underscore Sheehan. is nice enough to give us some time. Uh, Joe, thank you very much. Appreciate it. John here filling in for Gil. So I, I wanted to start with the, the American League East, and I actually wanted to start with a specific team. So it's going through some of these numbers. Um, since coming off the IL, Garrett Whitlock's been pretty darn good for the, the Red Sox rotation, if you're looking at it. What is it, four stars, 23 innings, 313 ERA, 301 FIP. I think there's some intriguing arms in this Red Sox rotation that I think could perform a little bit better. Some of the numbers would indicate it. I don't think I want to look at Boston, obviously, well back in the AL East to make any noise there. But is it crazy to look at Boston at like 750 to make the playoffs this year? What are your expectations for the Red Sox as we kind of continue to watch the sample size grow? No, not at all. I think that you've got a team that even though they're in last place and that's going to be the headline, they're probably the sixth best team in the league and you know one of the ten best teams in baseball. You've got to look at the American League and especially the American League East this year through kind of filtering the glasses and see you know just how tough the schedules these teams are playing. The Red Sox have they're a five hundred team against the toughest schedule in baseball. So I, they have the talent base there. I'm a little bit concerned about the offense more than the pitching. You mentioned Whitlock. They've been trying to convert him to, to a starter for a couple of years now. Um, and there's a question as to whether he's going to be able to hold up in that role. Uh, but if you look at him now, you know, maybe you can get 20 starts out of him. Well, you don't even need it. Maybe 18 starts out of him the rest of the year. We've seen what he can do with the command, a 33-7 strikeout-to-walk ratio this year, even counting the performance before the injury. So um, he's going to be a big part of any run that they make. They're, the Red Sox are one of a number of American League teams that have some tough decisions to make in these next couple of weeks. Are they going to add, <clears throat> excuse me, because they're good, or are they going to not add because hey, they're you know 11 games back of the uh, the Rays and you know as you mentioned you know out of the wild card race. I think the the decisions that Heim Bloom has to make here are very difficult. The other arm that I think really intrigues me, so I, I've got him circled as a guy to potentially play on here a little bit as we move forward, and he didn't get the run support last time out. Am I right in reading into Tanner Houck as a guy who's got some better things coming for him, like expected ERA, 386, XPIPs, the 371? At the very least, he's better than the the you know surface glance as his ERA would indicate, right? This is kind of part of the reason why I'm intrigued by this team. It's a guy like Houck who I think is a pretty good buy-low candidate on a day-to-day basis going forward. Am I right in thinking that? I worry about how just how deep he's going to be able to work into games. Okay. Uh, there's another pitcher who came up as a starter. They used him out as a bullpen mostly last year. Uh, he's a really a, an 18 fly guy. You go through the lineup twice, get him out of the game. Now that can still help you. I, mean, I think if you're if you're talking about playing on him, I'm talking about playing on him in first five. I want to stay away a little bit from that Red Sox bullpen. I want to make sure that Hal has the greatest uh, impact on my bet. Uh, but I just I don't know that he's going to give you length within the game. So if you look at it from a fantasy standpoint. Strikeouts ratio is five, but you're not going to get the W's out of them. All right, let's talk a, a little bit no, nearer to the top here. So we watched the New York Yankees uh, split that uh, Subway Series with the Mets, won the first one, uh, took it on the chin last night in a 4-3 loss. Uh, this has been a lineup that if you look at like the glut of it without Aaron uh, Judge, it has not really been great. What are we expecting for New York, uh, New York as we move forward? What do we expect out of this lineup? Because I was reading an article the other day. It sounds like they're going to be patient with Judge in terms of his recovery. So what does that mean for this offense as we move forward into a pretty key series on the road against Boston? It means pain. Yeah. Uh, $297 million in the outfield is Jake Bowers, Billy McKinney, and Willie Calhoun. And I guess that that's because of injuries, but that's, that's waiver bait. I mean, that's literally just waiver bait in your starting outfield. So it's a problem. We saw this last year. If you looked at the, the, the Yankees in the second half of last year, it was Aaron Judge and the Judge X. This, I mean, and, and they're getting some help this year. I mean, Anthony Rizzo's been okay. Michael Torres has been okay. But there is nothing on this roster 
like Judge. He drives the entire offense. And when he's not around, this is you know, a well below average offense. It's going to, uh, prior to the series of the Mets, I looked, they were actually 21st in Woba in uh, June, which is a proxy for them missing Judge. So this is a team that's really, you know, even with Judge, it had become more of a pitching and defense team. And without him, it's a team that has to win those four, three games like it lost last night. So is there anything big picture to play here? I know they're just over two to one to miss the playoffs. Do you think it really gets that bad? Or is this just going to be a mundane team that makes their way in and just waiting for judge to come back? Uh, I'm, I'm doubtful. I, again, just the Orioles are better than I thought they would be. The mm-hmm. Rangers are better than I thought they would be. So if you look at relative to April, where I might've had the Yankees in the playoffs, I'm now looking at the roster as it stands right now and the uptick in competition and thinking they're going to miss in terms of, you know, actionable information. There's a perception of the Bronx Bombers. I think that gets built into a lot of lines. Um, I, I'm not sure the market is caught up to how bad this offense is. Team total unders or even game unders, I think, are the way to go. All right, you mentioned the Rangers. Uh, they have been my guilty pleasure. I am an Angels fan, so I am enjoying the Angels getting a little feisty in this series and watching Otani uh, do what he did, especially oh man, the, the best bat flip I've ever seen the other night when he tied the game and then, of course, <laughs> uh, gave him the lead. Uh, but the Rangers as a whole – so, obviously, the DeGrom news hits them pretty hard. You're expecting him to come back, be healthy, and hit, fit into a rotation. But they're really intriguing because, like, their lineup at times, Joe, as you know, you know, been putting up some numbers that I feel like are unsustainable. When you're putting up batting averages with runners in scoring position we haven't seen since the 1930s, I feel like that's not going to stick around. And you also have guys that, like, John Gray are really intriguing because some of the underlying numbers would tell you, like, he's not going to be that good as you move forward. What do we do with the Rangers? I've got him at 22-1 to 1 to win the World Series. Is this a team that I'm going to have something on here, like something legitimate, or is this – going to start to kind of turn into a pumpkin as we get closer to the end game? Oh, if I can find some not to win the division, that's I would be all yeah. over that. I mean, you mentioned, <clears throat> I believe in the offense more than the pitching. Yes. The offense, I mean, they've had some internal development that's been really good. You look at Jonah Heim and Ezekiel Durant. Josh Young is one of the AL Rookie of the Year favorites. I think the run scoring is going to be fine. I don't trust the pitching. You mentioned Gray. He's one of the if you look at the pitchers who have a gap between their ERA and their F, their fifth ERA, which is what they should have, it's one of the largest in the game. Yep. But beyond performance, though, it's volume. Nathan Eovaldi, John Gray, Andrew Heaney. Stop me when I get to a guy <laughs> who has re- routinely thrown 30 starts and 100 innings, yep. 180 innings. This is why these guys were available on the market, because of the lack of volume. Uh, the Rangers don't have a ton in the upper levels. They've been using Corey Bradford. They called up this kid Owen White. Um, I guess we could see Jack Leiter at some point. Uh, but they're a team that, that's got to go into a market that doesn't actually have a lot of starting pitching. You know, maybe a Marcus Stroman here, you know, Eduardo Rodriguez if he comes back. I, I don't know if their staff is built to hold up for 162 games. So I trust the offense. I don't know that this rotation is at all built to give them the starts they're going to need. Yeah, that's the intriguing part. It's a really great point by you because I I thought they would be buyers too, but I figured they'd be buyers with at one point getting a healthy Jacob deGrom back, right, and getting an arm behind him, and and that ultimately isn't going to be the case here. All right, let's stay within their division. Uh, I will ask the selfish question then. They are in this scrappy series with the Angels. Uh, There is obviously questions about whether the Angels are going to move Otani or not before the deadline. I don't think that's the case to somebody who's followed the team. Uh, I think they're going to hold on to him and try to make this push. Can the Angels be a playoff team with the way that they're currently constructed? Can they actually buy at the deadline and get something to help them out? Yeah, I, I, you're going to like this because I was high man on the Angels at the start of the year. I had them edging out the Mariners for a wild card spot because I like what Perry Manazian did in the offseason, building in a level, a layer of depth with the Renfro pickup and Brandon Jury and uh, Gio Urshela. 
building in depth that this team hadn't had before. So instead of having these sub-replacement level players like Andrew Velasquez last year, now they've got you know average to you know, kind of replacement to average level type of player now. Um, and that's really bolstered the, the team. Now, you mentioned Otani, Trout. We know about the stars. But they're now better at roster spots 3 through 26 than they've been in a long time. Um, the starting pitching hasn't actually been. I expected that to carry them. Mm-hmm. Sandoval's been a disappointment. Reed Detmers, uh, Jose Suarez got knocked out of the rotation at the start of the year. Uh, but, again, it's, it's having guys who at least can give you five and not get, get you knocked out of the game. I, I absolutely think this is a playoff team. Yes, I love it. I love it. All right, last 50 seconds, loaded question. Does Ellie De La Cruz have a shot to catch Corbin Carroll in Rookie of the Year race? He doesn't. Um, I ruined his – I got him in fantasy on a Sunday, yeah. so he's never going to get a hit again. So I, I ruined his career. But, no, I, <laughs> I don't think he can catch Carroll from behind. But Carroll's just so good. I mean, yep. Carroll's going to be a down battle MVP. That's an incredible rookie season. Yep. I think Ellie De La Cruz can end up being third or fourth, but Carroll's going to run away with this award. Joe Sheehan at Joe underscore Sheehan again, the Joe Sheehan baseball newsletter. I can't wait. I get to watch uh, Corbin Carroll in person. I'm going to go see him play the Giants in a couple of weeks. Joe, good to talk to you, man. Thank you very much. Take care, man. Yep, you got it. Joe Sheehan again, Joe Sheehan newsletter. All right, we'll come back. We have plenty left to get to. Coming up at 15, Daniel Alvari joins us. We get the uh, information we need to bet the W. How about that? That's the name of the new show, too. The Sports Betting Network. You go up to uh, vcin.com, you click on the betting tools, drop down menu, click on betting splits, you get a lot, man. You get money and bets for every single game. They're updated every 10 minutes. You get today's games and future events as well. Every single sport. How about this? NFL, college football, Major League Baseball, NHL, WNBA, CFL, USFL, UFC, MLS, UEFA, and more. How about this today? Baltimore Orioles so far over at DraftKings, 61% of the handle on the Orioles in that matchup with the Blue Jays at minus one and a half runs. Get that and more. Check it out now. vcin.com. Just one of the many ways. We're here to help. I don't think I have an addictive personality. Right? You know, I'll tell you a story. Yeah, keep um, telling yourself that. Yep. Because uh, I, I used to smoke cigarettes, <laughs> right? Yeah. And then when I turned 18, I quit. And the, it worked out that way. Let's just clip that right yeah. there. And, and, and then the, I turned 18 and I quit. That's right. It's like when I stopped drinking for a bit when I turned 21. That's right. <laughs> uh, and um, the way I quit, though, I was driving home, we lit up a cigarette, and I was like, you know, I don't want to smoke these anymore. Threw it out the window. Sorry. I, the, I had statute of limitations. I'm sorry I littered. I was, I was a young kid. Yeah. Um, and that was it. Never did it again. Never smoked another cigarette after that. So I don't think I have an addictive personality. And I've been smoking for years. Trust me. Years. Since I was 11. Um, not that long. Um, so I <laughs> did, feel did like. Did you start to get out? Did you start to get cigarette breaks at work? No, because I was still like. I totally pulled that when I was. Uh, yeah, when I was a teenager. I mean, I used them to just like go goof off for like 10 minutes, you know. I always thought it was incredible. Like, I have this crippling addiction. I need 10 minutes. And they're like, yeah, go ahead. Like, I went to the supermarket, and it just always blew my mind that, like, once an hour, a group of, like, six people would go outside for 10 minutes. And I'm like, how is this fair? Like, in what world is this fair? So my first— I'm going to start smoking just because it's not fair. Exactly. (laughs) So my first job, really quick, I was 16, and I worked at Albertsons. I was a courtesy clerk. And we had this guy there that he would take his cigarette breaks, but he would take out this big tub of tobacco— 
and this machine, he would roll his own cigarettes. And I, like, it was fascinating. So he would take his, and he'd spit back there, he'd punch a roll and all that kind of stuff. So like, it was crazy. So I started, like, I had one or two with him because I was like, I just want to try this. This is incredible. But yeah, like, that, that's, that's incredible. Like, the guy would roll his own cigarettes yeah, on his wild. cigarette break. Do they still, I, like, are cigarette breaks still a thing? Do they, I, I think so. Or do they tell him, just tough it out? Corporate America, like, is that still a thing? It's I think incredible. so. Wes gets them. I, yeah, I don't think we're corporate America. Yeah. Uh, so I bring this up because I think I might get addicted, much like I think Kelly is already, to this new Caesars app here in Nevada. Oh, I can't wait. We're that. talking like and this. is I got to tell you, what a, FOMO is a thing, right? And I, I will say, and I readily admit this, is this like the best way to bet stuff? No, probably not. But every once in a while, do I start like, I kind of want to put in a same game parlay right. and watching all these people <laughs> do this thing. Like every once in a while, I want to do it. So it sounds like we now have the option to do this out here in Nevada. We huh? do, yeah. We, we have the first option to do it. And, I, and yes, what you're leading into, I will definitely be playing a same game parlay today just because I can now. Okay. So you want to put one together? Yeah, Is that I wanna, what you want to do? I want to put one together, JVT, but you know. Obviously, I have my golf bets in, okay, and that you know the same game parlays aren't going to really work well with that, anyways. But so I, I'm going to look on tonight's card, and it's okay. So what can I actually play a same game parlay in? So that's where we need to have a conversation here. This segment where you tell me what baseball games you like tonight, and I'm going to be tailing along with some same game parlay ideas. Okay, how about? Okay, I got one for you. Maybe they can add. Rob Moreno just got in my ear. He said, don't forget about WNBA. I already checked that. that is no no player prop options up at least right now. That's maybe later. Yeah. I don't really know. You can at least put the star players up there. Yeah, maybe they post them later in the day. I'm yeah. not sure. That's a question for Danielle Avari. Yes. Coming yes. up later. Uh, all right, so we it's can add. Totally we had someone ask WNBA questions. Right, yeah. <laughs> so it's got to be the, obviously same game parlay. So we're looking at the same game. So I'm thinking like so I, I like I like Taj Bradley a lot. So he's a starting pitcher for the Tampa Bay Rays. I think okay, he's a I think he go. is a, uh, a a pitcher whose numbers would indicate that he has some really good things coming for him. And last time he actually had the unfortunate um, task of starting against the Texas Rangers, who kind of got to him over 15 and a half outs. He was your buy low can. Uh, yes, he was. Buy low yep, he was one of the buy low candidates yep. over the weekend. Yep, over 15 and a half outs at even money against this uh, against this Oakland A's team. Buoyed by the thought that the A's are going to be out here in Las Vegas pretty soon, but I like Taj Bradley a lot. So let's okay. you want to okay? Let's build this. I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna build this. Yeah, I'm building this. So we go raise money line. Sure. Yep. Raise money. Yeah, because you want to add this, right? That's right. right. Okay. We're gonna, we're gonna add stuff gonna, to it. We're gonna try to correlate some of these. All right. So let's go raise money line. Taj Bradley over 15 and a half outs. You want to get crazy? Over 15 and a half out outs at plus money. Yeah. I say That's plus one hundred. I got plus one hundred six. Okay, nice, nice. So you're, you're building on DraftKings right now. Yeah, I'm guessing? looking. I'm okay. just looking and see if we can. Uh, yeah, some other stuff that we can add here too. Okay, either we credited with a win, total hits allowed, strikeouts, any of that interest you as far as him? Um, no, I was actually looking okay. at some players. Like so, for example, like Jose Siri over mm-hmm. uh, over half a hit at minus 160. Let's see. Hold on. Let me double check some stuff here. Jose Siri's been a guy who, again, a lot of this too, as I enjoy baseball quite a bit, uh, but a lot of this too has to do with, you know, I'm kind of watching a lot from my fantasy perspective, and Jose Siri was a guy that I had on my uh, roster for a while, and I was like, ah, you know, I'm, I'm kind of out on here, but he's on a three-game hit streak. He's not a guy who's going to get a ton of hits, and that's the problem. Uh, hasn't had a multi-hit game since, shoot, May 26th, but at minus 165 here, mm, let's go. Yeah, throw Siri in there over okay. a half hit. 
Okay. And you know what? Might be it. Huh? And one, how about Aledmus Diaz over a uh, half total bases? Let's go. Build it up. What are we at? What's your payout, huh? Wait, who? what was the last one? Aledmus Diaz over a half total bases. I don't see it. Doesn't. Oh, oh no. Shit. Oh, no. This is the problem when you're trying to build something on a, uh, on a different oh, app. Oh, 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 different team. Yeah, different team. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The yeah. other side. Got yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. All right. We're what are we plus paying 525 let's on do that it, baby. SGP. Yeah, let's do it. Putting that in. I'm running. Uh, Sean was nice enough. Sean's got a uh, got a got a work over there, Caesar. So I get to go get free parking, go deposit later today. I'm in. You've got me hooked. I'm did in. I, did I just miss that whole conversation? No, it was while you were gone. Oh, okay. <laughs> Comes over. He's like, because it's funny. It was one of those where it's like those questions, like you know, where something's common to you, but it's not to other folk peasants. Right, right, yeah. So like, you get free parking. He's just like, no, what are you talking about? No, he's like, here, take this. Gave me his card. <laughs> I was like, all right. John's the man yeah. around town, man. He knows the. He's one of those guys. I've lived out here in Vegas five years now. I learned very quickly when when I first moved out here, JVT, there's certain people that will always give you – they always got the answers to the questions you have about moving to a new place. Yeah. Sean McCollum is one of those guys. That's without right. Without a doubt. Without a doubt. Yeah, red card, so I'm in. I might not ever give it back. He's like, you'll, you'll be back tomorrow, right? I'm like, sure. <laughs> sure. Maybe I won't be, though. All right, really quickly, uh, I know we're going to have Danielle coming up here in a little bit. Uh, anything worth noting right now over at the U.S. Open? We are underway. Uh, we've got guys out there on the course now. Uh, the dudes who have been on the course the longest through about, what, seven holes or so. Uh, we do have three guys who are through seven right now. Two of them are actually in the lead. Uh, yeah. Jacob Solomon and Omar Morales, amateurs. Uh, amateur is Omar Morales. They're both at two under. And then after that, that's, uh, those are your two leaders. And then after that, we get a whole bunch of one-unders and evens. And as we said, you can't really win on a first day, but you can lose. So I'm going to go with Barry Henson, Hank Libiota. Hank Libiota. Libiota. at uh, state legend. At three over and four over through six. <laughs> I'm going to go on a limb and say, see you later. Yeah, John Rahm, one under through one, so he's clearly won the tournament already. Yep. Um, Dylan moves two under through four. Uh, he, he's been playing some great golf, actually, this season, so uh, keep an eye on that. You got Xander Shoffley, one under through one, so he birdied his first hole. Shane Lowry, one under through three. Uh, so, yeah, some, some names up there, but still very, very early. Yeah, Fleetwood's one over. Uh, DeChambeau is one over as well through three. So those are like the bigger names that are out there on the course. Coming up in the next, uh, let's see, what do we got here in the next 20 minutes teeing off here? Hovland just hit the course right now, right? Um, let's see, we got Stuart Sink, one of the more recognizable names that is about to get started here in the next 20 minutes or so. And then at the top of the hour is where we're going to get a lot of the other uh, bigger names that we're going to see later in the day. But how about this? Yeah, we have to wait until about 145 our time. To get Cam Smith, Dustin Johnson, Brooks Kepka's not until two o'clock essentially. Man, I cannot think I can wait. So what time is this gonna go to? Like seven? Um, let's see, two thirty are the last tea times are our time. So uh, I I'd five thirty? Five thirty six. About three rounds, yeah, three hours for a round of golf. Yeah. Yeah. Man, that's gonna be great. All right. I get to ignore my family and my children for the rest <laughs> of the day. Yeah, pull an old man thing and fall asleep maybe for like, you know, twenty minutes on the couch oh, while I'm watching man. golf. It's how often do you do that? Okay, you know what? I didn't use. You to, seem to like your couch. I didn't u- used to do it much, JVT. But now, like now, I'm, I'm working numbers game, working this earlier shift, right? And especially if we're watching NBA late into the night, man, it's not much sleep. And the problem is, well, end of the week hits and golf tournaments get going, and yeah, I'm sitting there watching. Oh man, I doze off quite often. Yeah, you see, you make a comment about your couch a lot. Is it a nice couch, or you just you just own it and that's about it? I just own it. Okay, all right. Just, yeah. Well, I hear I, every time if I ask you something, I get a lot of like, I don't think I'm getting up off this couch. 
So I felt like it was like some incredible, like lazy boy no, furniture. No, like, no like, yeah, that means this. I'm exhausted, or oh, okay. maybe I had one too many drinks, and I'm done for. The like night. how you feel about your couch, I thought is how I felt about my new TV. Like I never <laughs> want to stop watching that thing. That thing's so brilliant. Oh, it's awesome. All right, well, let's wrap it up. When we come back, Daniel Alvari, host of the Bet the W Pod, we're going to talk a little bit about. Keep hearing about this underdog trend in the WNBA. Guess dogs are barking in the W. So let's talk about that and get to the bottom of why. We'll also talk about the best worst team in the association and how the Fever are making teams sweat every single night. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. Western nations like the U.S. and Europe. Mexico will likely have its first female president. And then you have China. And help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters. He'll get his yo-yos to Europe in time. But the longer this drags on, the more worry he's getting. They knew that they needed to do this as fast as they possibly could to get a drug on the market as fast as they could. I'm David Gura. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleya Mosin. We cover the stories behind what's moving money and markets. Basically, everyone was expecting, if not a calamity, certainly a recession. But the problem is that that paperwork, as our reporting showed, is fake. As someone who's covering the market, I'm often very worried about an imminent collapse. So I'm thinking about it quite often. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is getting you ready for the 2024 NFL Draft. I'm your host, Andrew Levy, and I'll be delivering two shows a week to make sure you're caught up on the very latest NFL news, including every free agency move and how it changes the draft needs of your favorite team. Draft experts and talent scouts, mock drafts, and a few shock drafts, too. NFL Total Access, the podcast, is already on the clock on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. A numbers game on VSEN, the sports betting network. BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks, unleashes the spirit of Las Vegas with BetMGM Rewards. Every time you make a wager at BetMGM, you can earn BetMGM Rewards points that you can redeem for online bonus credits like bonus bets, bet insurance tokens. Finding a trip to Vegas, you can also convert your BetMGM points into MGM Rewards points that you can use towards dining shows and hotel rooms at over 20 MGM Resorts properties located on the Vegas Strip and nationwide. Sign up with BetMGM or log on today to get an even bigger piece of the action with BetMGM Rewards. Eligibility restrictions apply. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. Offer resources to help and make appropriate choices. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Got to be 21 years of age or older to wager. New and existing customer offer. All promotions subject to qualification and eligibility requirements. Rewards issued as nominal bonus bets, which expire seven days from issuance. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Jonathan Von Tobel filling in for Gil Alexander last 10 minutes and be back tomorrow on the last day of Gil's vacation. He will be back on Monday. With that, we get to welcome in Danielle Alvari, host of the Beth the W. No, I, I know she doesn't want to say pod. Last time I talked to her, she doesn't want to put pod in the title. So just bet the W. Danielle is here. The second day in a row I've gotten to speak with her. How have the last 24 hours been, Danielle? 
Uh, very good. We actually haven't seen any games since we last talked. Right. I guess we saw the wings game go on and we thought maybe that would be an over, but it was a very early morning game. Arike Agunbowale did not look so strong, but other than that, we have three games going on on Thursday and two on Friday. So lots to look forward to. Yes. So let's start with a 5 PM Pacific time tip in Chicago. Uh, you, this is something that I brought up with you yesterday that I've talked to you a bunch. Uh, let's talk about these Indiana fever for our audience, maybe here on a numbers game that didn't catch your spot yesterday or haven't known about it. Give them the background on Indiana, what you thought of them and how competitive they've been recently because they're covering numbers and they're in a lot of these one score games almost beat the aces two weeks ago on a Saturday. Uh, what's the deal with the fever and are they going to be live here on the road against Chicago? Yeah, I think that the lines are starting to catch up to this fever yep. team that, as you and I know, over the last couple of years have very much been the last place team in the league, have been stockpiling these first round picks and have finally put something together here by adding in Aliyah Boston this past year. And now we're getting to a point where at the start of this season, we were seeing the fever getting eight, nine, or even to double digits with their points, rightfully so, because again, this was supposed to be a last place team, but this is the year they've actually started to take steps forward. They're able to beat competition that we're shocked to see, frankly, and just came off of a win over the mystics, right? They've already played Chicago recently. Chicago, on the other hand, struggling on the straight up record, but by far the best team against the spread in the league right now and at home. So this line being only at three, I think it got down to two and a half at one point. It's been bet up to three and a half at most spots. Now that's about where I possibly start buying in on the fever. I'd like something closer to four, four and a half, but I don't know that we're going to get it anymore because this fever team has showed us what they're capable of doing. Chicago also took this game to overtime last time, only one by five. This was back on June six. That line was sky minus five. And we're already seeing this shifted down now, of course, to three and a half or even two and a half last yeah. night. So one of the things Kelly and I brought up, and I wanted to ask you this because I was looking at this game, and there is at least one player prop up there. Uh, and Alyssa Smith, 15 and a half points, mm -hmm. shaded to the under to buck 40. Have you seen this? First, like two-part question. First, have you seen like the development and additions of player props now for the WNBA as it's gotten a little bit more popular? Draft menus, or excuse me, uh, betting menus are expanding. And have you gotten into it just handicapping it in general in terms of player props? Yes, have started to do it. I think it's exciting that more books are starting to actually put them up. I think that the bigger issue, if there's an issue, has been getting these lines earlier because it right. seems like we're getting them a little bit late and not getting them enough time to settle at times. But it's really cool to see more props added. Even first basket props is something that somebody I have on the show all the time, Calvin Wetzel, loves to bet and has been pretty profitable because there are people like, let's say, a Brittany Griner who tend to win every tip-off and usually are going to be the first first person that Phoenix runs a set for. So lots of cool props out there right now. And I have started to handicap some of these. In fact, I think a lot of the people betting the WNBA right now think that these props much like the NBA are where the softer market is because they're just not as sharp yet, even as the lines or the totals, which as we know, just in the WNBA should be easier to bet as well. So I think the props have definitely been a spot where you can be successful for me in this fever matchup, by the way, I was looking over on Aaliyah Boston's points prop. It's a little bit inflated based on what she actually scores per game, but she did have 25 versus Chicago last time out. Elizabeth Williams had a lot of trouble defending her. So I liked her over 16 and a half in this point spot. All right. What is this uh, underdog trend that I keep hearing about? Is this still going on? What's the uh, details it's on alive. this? Yeah. It's alive and well, it's so, it's so amazing actually, because the last four games we've seen. So the one game on Wednesday and all three games on Tuesday, not only did the underdog cover, they won straight up. 
So mm. absolute chaos is happening right now. Underdogs are covering over 64% of the time. They're 33, 18, and 3. And home dogs in particular, which unfortunately we have none of on Thursday night, are covering over 71% of the time. They're 15 and 6. Uh, we have three road dogs here. They're 18, 12, and 3, which means they're still covering 60% of the time. Not as great as that 71, but nevertheless, there's something about these underdogs and there's something about this league. We talked about this before the season started, that everything below those top teams, everything was kind of up for grabs at that point. And we're certainly seeing the teams that we thought would be more like eighth place teams step up into fifth, sixth place roles. And on that note, the Washington mystics, a team that I think was ranked, you know, the third best team is the odds going into the season now dropping to the bottom half of the league. So lots of weird stuff going on, but underdogs covering and taking advantage when it comes to the issues on the road and these home underdogs, it, it, does it speak to home court advantage or it's a little bit more difficult to travel the WNBA for these teams, right? Yeah. I, I think it has more to do with the traveling, right? Than it would be playing in a foreign environment. Yeah, absolutely. And then part of it was a lot of the teams that were on the road early, for example, the aces, yep. they were on the road for quite a few games in a row and they're the kind of team that's going to be laying double digit spreads everywhere they go. And like you said, that's really tough to do on any given night, let alone when you're playing a bunch of games in a row and also on the road. So I think that definitely factors in. All right, real quick, before we get to the other two games here today, because we will see the aces play as part of a very really big homestand uh, against Seattle, uh, Brittany Griner, you mentioned her hip injury. Mm -hmm. It sounds like Do we have any uh, uh, developments or on this, how bad this is going to be for her and how impactful it will be for the mercury. Yeah. I had Dana Mattia on the show yesterday and it's obviously available today to preview all of the games. And he brought this up that they're expecting, according to his source that he trusts for her to be out for a couple weeks here, which is a horrible situation, obviously for the Phoenix Mercury that are already struggling right now. I can't imagine a situation where this sets them up better to make playoffs. And this is a franchise that has never missed playoffs. And before the season, you could have bet them at plus 900 plus 700 to miss playoffs because it was that unfathomable, even though Brittany Griner coming back from what she had to, uh, she's looked incredible, but obviously health comes first here. I don't know that we'll see her for a couple weeks. All right, let's go to the four o'clock tip. Uh, one of the teams that you were high on in your season preview that you wrote about the Connecticut sun off to a good mm -hmm. start eight and two, they get to play host to the Atlanta dream right now. Uh, eight point spread total of one sixty three. What was the open any movement? Did you play anything here? So this did not move much. I thought this was going to be closer to sun minus six and a half, just based on how successful the dream have been lately. The dream came coming off of a win over the New York Liberty after being beat by them by 23 points at home. So went on the road and beat them by seven just on Tuesday. Now they're at Connecticut, a team that they also lost to recently also at home. I like to chalk that up. Honestly, I called it a little mini slump where they lost those two games versus the Liberty and the sun when they were at home because they lost Ari McDonald. So they had to work Haley Jones in who they just drafted this year, sixth overall from Stanford. She's not exactly the same player as Ari, but still kind of adding some new positive things to the mix. I like to chalk that up to that pretty much as them trying to install her. And then a couple days later, they go to New York. They're able to beat them by seven. And now we see them at Connecticut. I think if the dream are getting seven and a half, eight points still, it's similar to the fever here where these are the scrappy teams that are going to cover in those final minutes. If if they're still in the, in the mix of it, basically uh, two of the top offensive rebounding teams also in these teams, the dream and the Connecticut sun, the sun are number one, the dream are three. So I really think this is going to be decided on the boards. Uh, but overall, I think that this sun team has performed above our expectations. I'm still waiting for the offense to look a little bit more 
fluid than it has uh, because although they're playing faster, which is what they've wanted to do, they're still not playing fast enough and they're certainly not scoring enough to keep up with the team like the aces or the Liberty yet. All right. And speaking of the aces, uh, 18 and a half. You've mentioned them. Like the, the numbers are huge. They <laughs> haven't well, been covering it was 17 them. and a half last night. It oh. went up to 18 and a half. So the market's still playing them high, even though they're not covering. Yes. looks like it. Yeah. I think that's interesting. I think we start get closer to 20 points here. Obviously this is the first place team versus the last place team, but they have not been covering these giant spreads. They are back at home, right? They were playing a lot of games in a row. So maybe they're a little bit more rested. They've had a practice. They're back at home. But they also don't need to blow a team out by 20 plus points, especially right. when they still really put a lot of wear and tear on those starters. So they're going to want to pull them sooner rather than later. I could see this being definitely a cover situation in the fourth quarter for Seattle if the Aces do start to pull some of their talent. All right. Insight on the WNBA that you might not know. Uh, the other day, I discovered that Asia Wilson uses self checkout at Target just like us. She was standing right next to me. So wow. use that information how you will. Nope. How did you spot her? Hey, right. Yeah. How did I? Yeah. It's <laughs> a good one. Danielle. Always going to talk to you, you sure again real quick. Uh, yes. I was I'm pretty sure it was her. I was actually trying to get my wife, like, go tell her you're a big fan. She, my wife has no idea who she is. I was like, go tell her, go bother her. Uh, all right. Uh, bet the W up today. Uh, yes. Up today. Bet the W. Yes. All right. Cool. Wherever you get your podcast. Good to talk YouTube. to you, Danielle. All the good things. Thank you. Thank you, JBT. You got it. Danielle Alvar. You can follow her on Twitter uh, under that name. Check out the bet the W as well. What's up? I like that move. Like you're like, I'm too professional. I can't approach her. I was hey, I was trying to get her to tell her, like, just give her a simple statement. Don't ask for a picture. Be like, good, good game last night. You know what I mean? Just let hey, her know that you work. know who she is. Yeah. You know, she's buying stuff itself. Check out yeah, kind of no, no, let her know. She's a star. All right. Uh, we're all done tomorrow. I'll be back for a numbers game as well. Until then, everything we have up on the website, VEASAN.com. Check it out. Have a good one. I'm Saleha Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take DC. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take DC on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. The Big Take from Bloomberg News brings you what's shaping the world's economies with the smartest and best-informed business reporters around the world. We cover the stories behind what's moving money in markets and help you understand what's happening, what it means, and why it matters every afternoon. I'm Sarah Holder. I'm Saleh Mosin, And I'm David Gura. Listen to The Big Take on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.